Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the latest In for a Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler. Good day. Good day. Now, Josh, as you may or may not know, runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and Josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we give our perspective on the world of finance and money and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Did you know, Josh... Where we now have our own TV show. No, I didn't know we had a TV show. No. I've, been, I've had a few messages from listeners about an ITV Saturday night programme called In For A Penny. Well, they didn't invite me on it. <laughs> no, I haven't been invited. So I thought we need to clarify, it's nothing to do with us. Okay. TV presenter Stephen Mulhern right. goes across the country setting challenges to see what people would do for a penny. Okay. Well, hopefully not too much for a penny. Yeah. What would you do for a penny? I don't know. What, what are you asking me to do? Well, I'd record a podcast. Would you? What, all right, let's go a bit further. For £100, yeah. would you lick the pavement? No. I mean, what, where are you taking this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to work out what you do, where where your limits are. Well, that that, that is my limit, yeah. I wouldn't £200. I don't want to lick a pavement, thank you very much. For £100, <laughs> would you lick a new toilet brush? I don't know. Why do you want me to lick things? I'm it's getting just... very worried. <laughs> should, we move, should we move on? Okay. <laughs> Thank you for downloading this episode and for all your positive feedback. We do have a review recently. Fantastic. From a gentleman, I assume, called Lawrence Melvin. Okay. What's Lawrence Melvin said? He said, a really informative and entertaining way to learn about everyday financial matters and everyday social matters. Keep up the good work, boys, and keep making us smile. Very nice. He also doesn't say whether he'd lick the pavement or not. Thank you, Lawrence Melvin. Please do leave your own review and we'll do our best to read it out on the show. And if you do like it, we want you to do more than just review it. Why are you looking at me strangely, Mark? Because you, you've, you've come up with an idea of what you'd like fans to do. Yes. We would like you to please pass the pod. So if you like listening to us and you enjoy our show, please could you think of one friend, one family member, one colleague who you think would enjoy the show and share it with them, please, so that more people can enjoy what we're saying. So pass the pod. I hear you're up for some awards. You are correct, Mark. We've actually already uh, received some. So we have received two awards at the Orchard Practice. Um, I have been named as a top-rated advisor for 2019 by Vouchful, the website. Um, this is the advisor search website. Correct. Vouchful.co.uk. And Malcolm Isaacs, who I work with, has been named as a top-rated mortgage advisor for 2019 by Vouchful. So this is your clients rating you? Correct. This is feedback vouch for take independent feedback from clients so anyone can go and leave a review on there and i think we are i think i'm 4.9 out of five stars and i think malcolm is five stars much to my annoyance he's got 0.1 of a star more than me is that creating tension in the office no it's just in my mind (laughs) mind. (laughs) Um, and we've also been shortlisted so we're finalists for the best mortgage advisor 2019 award by uh, money marketing Wow. Yeah, and that'll be announced, whether we win it or not, will be announced in at the end of June. Going? To the award ceremony. Um, we've got one space at this ceremony for either of us. We haven't decided yet who's going to go. If you go, do you, do you know what we're going to wear? I will. I think it's a black tie event, so that's what I'll wear if I go, just yeah. a black tie. 
What's what's your approach to black tie? Because a lot of people go in a cravat, a waistcoat, bow tie. I don't have a cravat. Yeah. I do have a waistcoat, but I think end of June, hopefully, be hot weather. Just a normal dinner suit will be fine. So you'd have you'd have to share a table. Correct. Okay, that could be awkward if you win, and then your rivals are sitting next to you. Well, they're not really rivals. We don't sort of have competitors as such. Um, I don't think it'll be awkward, and I don't. I'm not confident that we will be the winners. But it's nice to be uh, recognised as uh, one of the top mortgage advisors in the country. Do you have an acceptance speech? No, I haven't, even, haven't even thought that far ahead. Oh, okay. Have you got your loser clap ready? And what's a loser clap? Well, I'm a serial award loser. Yeah. I've been nominated many times. I can, I can imagine I'm that, yeah. Not bitter about Thank you. What does that mean? <laughs> it's obviously nice to be nominated and to be... Because obviously getting on a shortlist is award enough, reward enough. Is it? Sometimes it feels like it's enough. You've got sometimes I've been on the same table as someone who's then won the award. Yeah. So obviously you are happy for them and you've got to show your happiness. So you, you give a clap and a smile. But inside, oh, inside you're crying. Inside you're crying a little oh, bit. Oh, poor you, Mark. Because you're like, this is the fifth year I've been to this ceremony. I think if it happens every year, it's, it'd be a bit upsetting. Yeah. Um, but we're just pleased to be uh, recognised and be nominated. Do you think you'd get told you've, that you've won before you go? I don't know. Well, if you do, then we obviously haven't won because they haven't told us anything. But some people, uh, some friends I know who have won awards say you don't get informed, but you get a polite phone call just checking your attendance. Just to make sure you're coming. Yeah. Okay, well, if we get the phone call, then I will uh, dress to impress. Yeah. Uh, have you had to provide a photograph? Not yet. That's sometimes apparently a giveaway. Okay, well, there you go. I'm trying to make you Although feel Although I better. do have to go on Friday to the final assessment session, which is an interview with a panel of judges. So uh, maybe I'll take a photo with me. Here you just go. I just case. came with this, just <laughs> just in case. So I wanted to share some listener data for you, okay. to you with you from our back office. Our um, dedicated listenership extends beyond the shores of the UK. Woohoo! I want to say howdy to our listeners in the United States. Howdy. Salut to those downloading in Romania. Salut. G'day. To our listener, listeners, or well, as one listener, let's be honest, in Australia. G'day, mate. Uh, I do have a great aunt who lives in Australia. Maybe it's her. Maybe it's her. And uh, also in Germany, do you know what hello is in German? I don't. I know Guten Tag, I think is good day. Is that so? I'm going to Google Translate hello while we're here. But hello in German, I don't, I don't think this is correct, but it's apparently hello. Hello. Can you do that in a German accent? No. Can no. you? Hello. That was no, your German accent. That was my German accent. That's great that we are have gone international. Yeah. People are passing the pod. Internationally. Yeah. Lovely. How did you jo- you join the gym? I, how did you know that? Well, you told me. <laughs> I did join the gym. I decided, uh, I've been talking about it for a while, as you know, yeah. and yesterday I took the plunge and signed up. I haven't actually been yet, but I've signed up, which is the first step. That is the first step. How regularly do you plan to go? I would like to start by going once a week. That's my initial plan because I play football once a week. Well done. So it'll be football once a week and the gym once a week and we'll see see where it goes from there. So a lot of people, they sign up and they set their direct debit up and they just forget to go. They get a bit lazy and the money comes out, but then they're not going and doing their exercise. So I'm not going to be one of those people. Okay. Which is why I've debated so long, as you know, about whether I should sign up or not. And I didn't do it until I actually... I'm committed to going. And it actually just reminds me that joining a gym is actually a lot like looking after your finances. Because a lot of people 
expect to that there's a magic wand. They think they join the gym and suddenly they're going to lose weight, become fitter, become more muscly, but not willing to put the effort in. And it's the same with finances. You can't just think, right, I've seen a financial advisor once, now my life is sorted. You have to put the effort in. You've got to put money away for the future. You've got to behave sensibly. You've got to not make silly spending mistakes. Um, so the two can be quite quite similar. That's good. And I guess just like in a gym, there's lots of different of exercises there's lots of different ways to save money correct yeah it's turning into a very good analogy so what's today's show about mark well i thought we'd do something a bit different it's six years since the government launched the help to buy equity loan scheme happy birthday help to buy happy birthday so a lot of people may, may be thinking but what is help to buy so i've given our tombola of alien concept terms a rest for this i episode. thought it was a bit spacious yeah, in your office today space in here. instead we're going to focus on help to buy okay but first, here is how the government explains the Help to Buy scheme. Imagine holding the key to your own home, opening the door with a sense of pride and saying, this is mine. Find out if the government's Help to Buy scheme can open the door for you. If you're sure you can manage a mortgage, but you can't find a property you can afford, or if you're struggling to find the big deposit many lenders require, Help to Buy could be the answer. If you qualify, the Help to Buy Equity Loan could lend you up to 20% of the cost of a newly built home, meaning your deposit could be just 5%. You can find everything you need to know about the scheme on our website, which is helptobuy.gov.uk. To apply, get in touch with your local Help to Buy agent, or look for the logo on a new housing development near you. So, on paper... They make it sound brilliant, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And on paper it does sound good. You get on a property ladder with just a 5% deposit. What could possibly go wrong? What do you think about Help to Buy? I um, am not a fan hey. of Help to Buy. I like the concept that the government are trying to help people on the property ladder, but I don't think they've gone about it the right way. Um, my feelings are that Help to Buy artificially inflates property prices. Right. Because... Um, suddenly there are a new group of people that can afford properties. Therefore, the demand is there. Therefore, the prices are going up. Whereas I believe in market forces and that supply and demand should work out the correct price for something. But before the scheme was launched, wasn't there an argument that people were struggling to get on the ladder? And, and they still are. People are still struggling to get on the ladder, even with help to buy. Um, because the problem is not the deposits... I mean, that is a big issue, but the reason that is an issue is because prices are so high. So why do something that pushes them up even further? So how does Help to Buy work? So Help to Buy, the way it works is you need to have a 5% deposit to be able to purchase your property. And let's just pick some round numbers. You're buying a property for £100,000, if only, but let's pick that. So you need to have £5,000 saved. The government give you... If you're outside of London, a 20% loan. Or if you're inside of London, a 40% loan. So on our example, they would give you either £20,000 or £40,000. And then you take out a mortgage for the remainder. So outside of London, that's a £75,000 mortgage. And inside of London, that's a £55,000 mortgage. So this is only on a new build property, though? Correct. This is where I think some of the issue is, because not everyone wants to live in a new build and they can tend to be 
quite manufactured builds. So if you go into one person's new build, it's probably going to look quite similar to the others and they're all using kind of the same type of products and furniture and so there's no character. A lot of people want to live in a home with character. Not everyone wants to live in a new build where the rooms can be a bit more pokey. And uh, this has also given way to other issues um, with leasehold terms and uh, the developers who've built these properties are selling off the leaseholds to private companies who are then pushing up ground rents. So this is kind of, in some ways, I think the Help to Buy scheme has pushed people into paying more because they're stuck with these high ground rents as well, which a lot of people don't really think about. A lot of points. There was a lot of points there. First one was about new build properties. I don't think it's fair to say that new build properties don't have character because if you think once upon a time every property was a new build when it was first built. If you look at your road, I imagine that lots of houses all look the same on the road on the outside. The outside, yeah. Yeah, and that's the same with with new builds now. They all look the same on the outside because the builders are following a certain style at a certain point in time. Um, so I don't think it's that that's a problem. I realise now that you used to live in a new build. I did used to live in a new build. Um, no, Fenji. Not in the slightest. So when I when Mrs G and I first got married, we bought a new build property, which was very good for us at the time. And then we moved um, after a while to an older property, which is which we still now, and that's very good for us now. So I haven't got a preference e- either way. I think it just depends on the individual property. Uh, but I think your point about it's only available on new builds this helps a buy is because i think the government wants to encourage the building of new properties therefore if it was available in all properties it might not do so much to encourage builders so helps a buy has been brilliant for home builders if you look at their share prices and their profits they've done very well out of it it should be called help to build yeah it's a good idea i was waiting so long to make that jake i thought it'd have a better reception don't new builds tend to be a bit more expensive than properties on the second-hand market they do tend to have a bit of a premium and i don't know whether that is because of um i don't know whether that is because of the help to buy scheme or because everything is brand new and clean and tidy that people people are prepared to pay a bit more for that because usually you can just move in and don't have to spend any money on work so how do you find uh, the help to buy scheme compared with other mortgages because five a five percent deposit is quite low i mean you do that with with mainstream products yeah there are i think one thing the help to buy scheme has done um is encourage other lenders to offer 95 percent loan to value mortgages so to allow people with um small deposits to buy properties even not in the help to buy so the the amount of mortgages out there at this level has increased that's one good thing of the help to buy scheme but you don't have to put a five percent deposit you can put more and still use help to buy so you could put in 50 percent of the property and still use help to buy and um, among your clients do a lot of people go for help to buy um i wouldn't say a large amount of our clients it's probably a small percentage that we arrange help to buy mortgages for um, in terms of how we actually go about arranging the mortgage, the process is exactly the same. There's just one extra step where the client needs to get approval from a help to buy agent and get signed off to confirm that they're eligible, which we normally arrange for them. What What is the eligibility criteria? Off the top of my head, I don't know. They do an affordability assessment. I couldn't tell you exactly um the ins and outs but they're working out is it affordable and do you qualify so some things that that i can tell you are the maximum property price is 600 
thousand pounds. You can't borrow more than four and a half times your income. Those are probably the key points, and then they look at all your other income and outgoings. I mean, £600,000 seems like a lot of money for a first-time buyer. I think it's mad. I think it's absolutely mad that that is a scheme to encourage first-time buyers at £600,000. Most, The majority of people should be able to buy their first property for less. Do you remember how much your first home cost? Less than £200,000. There you go. So it's... Uh, yeah, well, there you go. So, bit of, I mean, it was a few years ago. Yeah. Doesn't mean fewer people are going to look at properties in the £600,000 bracket on the second-hand market, will they favour a new build because they can get government help? Yeah, I think so. Um, some people will only look at help to buy properties because that's all they can afford. They don't have to buy at 600000 It's up to 600000 And I think most of the help to buy mortgages that we've arranged for clients haven't been at £600,000, have been a bit lower. What about the equity loan aspect? Because there is a lot of focus on the 5% deposit. I I don't think people realise that it's not a gift from the government. It's actually a loan. And at some point, loans have to be repaid. So the the loan that they give you, this 20% or this 40%, it's interest-free for the first five years. So that part of it is absolutely fantastic. You get given this money and don't have to pay anything on it for five years. I tell a lie. You need to pay a pound a month on it for the first five years but that's that's f- fair enough for admin costs at, from the beginning of year six you have to start paying interest on this loan which is currently set at a rate of 1.75 percent which is a fair interest rate but that goes up every year which i think is a bit unfair it goes up every year with rpi that's uh, retail prices index which people who listen to our last podcast might know about rpi plus one percent right okay so if rpi is two percent that means the interest rate goes up two plus one so it goes up by three percent that doesn't mean three percent is added so it's not doesn't go from one to four it's three percent of the one i know we're getting a bit mathematical here but it's three percent of the one percent so 1.03 so for a lot of people they're now possibly be in their first year of paying interest on my equity loan, top of the mortgage rate. Is that all factored in from the start? Like, do, do people understand that five years down the line, their costs are going to increase, do you think? Um, hopefully our clients understand it because we will explain to them how it works. But a lot of people don't and they just think, right, I'm getting this gift from the, the government. Part of the application process, the mortgage lenders and the help to buy agents are doing a sort of stress test behind the scenes to say, well, when the costs go up, when your monthly payments go up, will you still be able to afford it? But five years is a long time. If if you think back to where your life was five years ago, it's probably very different to where it is now, work-wise, family-wise, expenditure-wise. So just because you could afford something five years ago doesn't mean you could now, or vice versa. You might be much more affordable now than it was then. I guess a lot of people may think they could just sell their property five years down the line and pay it all off. That may not be so easy, especially currently. Correct. I'll tell you one of the other things about help to buy that I'm not... Well, let's just talk about this interest for a minute. So I think it's a bit unfair that the interest increases each year with inflation. So the government are giving you a loan. Why should the loan repayments increase each year with inflation? What's inflation got to do with it? Why can't they increase it by the changes in the Bank of England base rate? Surely that would be a bit more fair or fairer for people. 
Um, the other thing people don't always realize is that when they repay this loan back, there's a couple of ways you, you can repay the loan back. You Either you repay the loan when you sell the property, or you can do what's called staircasing, or you've got to pay it back at the end of 25 years. Right. Okay, so should we go through the three of those? Would yes. that be helpful? Do you want to talk through any of those? Do you know about any of those three? Or do you want me to? You tell me. Okay. So the one that I find the most controversial is the fact that when you repay the loan, you don't just repay what you originally borrowed. If the property is increased in value, pay back even more. So let's go back to the example we used before of the £100,000 purchase outside of London. So you put in £5,000, the government loaned you £20,000 and you got a mortgage for £75,000. If you sell your property in 10 years' time and it's now worth £200,000, you don't just pay back £20,000 to the government, you pay back 20% of the value of the property, so you have to pay back £40,000. I think that's a bit unfair. Why does the, Why should the government get a double benefit? The benefit they get is that they've had the interest paid for them from year six onwards, and they're getting an increase in the value of the property. I think that's a bit unfair. That sound unfair. Yeah. Most, uh, if you think about a normal mortgage, what all they do is get the interest. They don't get any benefit from the increase in the value of the property. No, no other loans I know benefit from an increase in the value of the property. In the government's defence, if the value of the property goes down, the value of the loan goes down as well. Ah. But I think the government know that historically, over the long run, property prices go up, not down. That doesn't sound very fair at all. No. Um, Staircasing is where you repay some of the loan and therefore own more of the property. So I'm just in the process of arranging this for a client at the moment who took out a help-to-buy scheme about two and a half years ago. We did a fixed-rate mortgage for two years with the intention that hopefully in two years' time their income will be higher and we'll be able to clear the government's equity loan. So what we're doing now is rather than having a mortgage, just using the numbers we used before, of £75,000, they'll have a mortgage of £95,000, so all to one mortgage lender and nothing to the government. Those two? Was there a third? Well, the third, the third one was it's repayable at the end of 25 years. Yeah. So if 25 years has come and gone, you have to pay back the money to the government. But most people you'd hope in 25 years may move. Well, not necessarily. I mean, you're thinking of people maybe our sort of age who are, I wouldn't say middle-aged because that makes me sound old, but yeah. we've got young families. So we'll either be in a family-sized property or looking to move into a family-sized property. Um, but a lot of people, let's maybe take um, our parents' ages, are settled in their homes. They've lived there with their family for 20, 30 years. So if they bought that with the help to buy a mortgage, they wouldn't be moving to, after 25 years. Do you think having the government backing gives it gives it more gravitas than it deserves? No, I, I, I think if it, if... The scheme has to be as it is. I'd rather the government backed it than some random loans company. I feel more comfortable with the government behind it. What do you think? I think people flock to it because they see it's a government scheme. And if you're, you think a, there's something wrong with that? As we were saying earlier, if, you, if you're going to let that, it can be more beneficial to let the market decide. Having government intervention 
just favors one aspect it just favors a new build side of a market whereas it could stop people looking on the second hand market and it doesn't do anything to help other ends where people may be wanting to downsize or move up the property ladder I think there are other issues that need need to be. I think there's a lot of issues in the property market that we need to put right, Mark, you and I. Yeah. We've got to try and work on together. As I said, let, uh, it, um, artificial schemes like this can't be good in the long run for the property market. And we all, include myself in this, we all just expect the value of our properties to go up yeah. over time. And that is not a healthy situation to be in. If the government didn't have these fake schemes, not fakes, if the government didn't have these artificial schemes, maybe the values of our property would go down. Then that does make it easier to move up the ladder if you're an existing homeowner, and then that would free up properties for new buyers as well. If properties, do, if there is no inf- artificial interference, yeah, and uh, properties are allowed to prices are allowed to go to their natural level, yeah, and they do fall, yeah. For some people, that does sound like a bad thing. But really, it means if everyone just accepts it, it means someone looking to move up doesn't have to pay as much. I think everyone does does just accept it, that prices will go up. But why should you be allowed to move house just because prices have gone up? It's not really that. It's not really the reason. It's because you're earning your wealth, your borrowing capacity is, has gone up. And that should be what enables you to move and buy a bigger home. A bit, because it's a bit unfair that... Just because you can get on the ladder in the first place shouldn't mean that then you're able to keep going up and up and up. What about people that can't get on the ladder in the first place? Then how else do you free up stock? By encouraging building at the right price, not at a inflated price. But it just seems like we're saying all these new buyers have to live in new builds. No, not necessarily. Why? What you might want to move to a new build. I'll take my uh, in-laws who are hopefully listening to this uh, podcast. And if you are, please, can you leave a review if you want to see your grandchildren in the future? <laughs> and pass the pods. And pass the pods. Um, they bought a new build and yep. they are at the stage of right-sizing. Oh. They moved out of their big house and, and moved into a new build. So I don't think it's just um, first-timers. I think calling it a property ladder that I just did doesn't help either. Why should why should it be a ladder that you have to climb up? I think we're a bit bit too fixated on home ownership and getting up the ladder in in England. That's Most true. European countries, I believe, majority of people rent. They do. Whilst I I'm a believer in home ownership, and I think in terms of your long term financial planning, it's a sensible thing to not have to pay rent forever. We are very fixated on it in this country. They want help to buy. Yeah, they are planning to reform it. Yeah. I think from April 2021, yeah. and to introduce regional price caps. So I guess that means you, this £600,000 limit would, would be done away with, outside well, of it, London yeah, at least. Yeah, it'd still be in London. Do you think that could help? I think it's a good, it's good and bad. I, I think it's good because um, it will only target the first-timers who want to get a the correct size first-time property. So if you're in, I'm going to pick on Newcastle just because it's the first place that came to mind. A property for a first-time buyer might be 150,000 compared to what, what the government is saying is 600,000 in London. So that, I mean, first-time buyers can hopefully get something up there. But again, it, it then what it's going to do by having this disparity between different regions is just, I want to say that it's going to further widen the gap between 
property prices around the country. I'll say that. I think it's just going to further widen the gap between property prices around the different regions. It's part of a problem that a lot of people want to live in London and centrally. Like, and if we did more to promote jobs and the Northern Powerhouse, the Northern Powerhouse, everyone seems to think, "Oh, I've got to move down London." But what's that accent? Oh, it's supposed to be someone from the north moving to the south. Okay, got to move down London. Okay, that's Great. a good Yorkshire accent. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. thank you. A lot of the big companies are based in London, but you're seeing kind of bigger organisations now moving out. Yeah. Should there be more to encourage people to live beyond the capital? And would that help prices? Yeah. If London wasn't so popular, then the prices wouldn't be so high. Again, that that is supply and demand. Yeah. What about, so obviously they're doing regional price caps. What if they had an income cap on help to buy? So if your income is above a certain level, yeah. you can't do it. So I think in the latest recent stats, about 10% of buyers were earning more than £80,000 a year. And if that's two of you, that's grand. Do those people need help to get on a property ladder? But So what do you think is driving those people to, to use a help to buy loan? Well, probably the fact that it's interest-free for the first five years. They don't have to save the deposit themselves. Uh, with the, the, the knowledge that they will be comfortable getting the mortgage fully in their names when they're ready. Is that fair? It's not fair. I don't blame people for taking advantage of the scheme if it's there, but I wouldn't say it's fair. What about if you can get help from your parents? What about it? If your parents can boost your deposit, or if you're getting it from the bank of mum and dad, yeah, then arguably you're not struggling as much as someone who has to work and save. Very difficult one. It's very difficult because I would say a lot of buyers nowadays are getting help from mum and dad, first-time buyers, second-time buyers. So should they be penalised? They obviously can't afford to do it on their own. If they're in a fortunate enough position that their parents can help them a little bit, should they be penalised? I don't think so. I think it's a bit harsh. Okay. But you, you think they should? No, I, I mean, I think there's obviously some envy among those who have to toil and save and then they can have people they're working with or friends whose parents just say oh here's I don't know 30 grand life isn't it unfortunately life isn't equal do you feel like we've solved help to buy not really (laughs) but we've 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 moaned about it yeah and we're not so moaned about we've criticized it um don't get me wrong it does have some positives it helps people get a roof over their head let's not forget that i just don't think it's the best way to go about it so with all that in mind yeah when a person comes into the orchard practice offices and says josh i want to buy a property i've seen this helped buy scheme i've got a small deposit what what can i do what do you tell me i usually say come in have a seat let me get you a drink okay um and i well the first thing i do I don't, I try and find out as much about them as possible because just because they say I want help to buy doesn't mean it's the best thing for them. So once I've got all the information, I can then make a recommendation and I would try and encourage people to buy a property without help to buy where they can afford it. Um, Without any schemes, there's things like shared ownership as well, which we haven't discussed, which is also part of help to buy. Um, But if they can afford to do it on their own, I think that's a, a better option. That is all we've got time for on this episode. I hope we have improved your understanding of Help to Buy. Please remember 
that anything discussed in this programme should not be viewed as financial advice. But if you do need support, please contact me or visit the Orchard Practice website at www.topfs.co.uk. Yeah, give us a call if you want to chat about Help to Buy. And don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter at InforAPennyPod1 and find us on Podbean, iTunes and Spotify at InforAPennyPodcast. So are we now available on all uh, podcast platforms for people to find us? All platforms that I'm aware of. Okay. And the Facebook. We've got a Facebook group. Yeah, okay. Uh, Twitter page, Spotify. Yeah, we're on a lot of stuff. Good. Uh, So yeah, find us. Do feel free to leave any feedback. Post any issues you'd like us to cover and discuss. And don't forget to pass the pod. Pass the pod. But for now... Why are you smiling? I want you to have the last line. Oh, that's so kind of you. Thank you for being in for a penny. <laughs>